wanted to give a quick update. Uh, I preached on Christmas Eve here at Purpose Church, and, and one of the things I had talked about early on was that our daughters, Sarah and I's daughters, were asking for crybabies, okay? They were asking for these crybaby toys that cry, literally, it's all they kind of do, they just kind of cry, um, and, and for some reason, they really wanted these toys, and some of you have come up and asked me, they've said, what happened? Did you end up getting them the crybabies? I am sad to report uh, that we did get them the crybabies, and I'm also sad to report it is worse than we anticipated, okay? The way in which these things cry, it is as if Satan himself is crying. It's just, it's awful. It's an awful noise all the time. The problem in our home is we already have babies that are crying, and now we have fake babies that are crying, and we even have babies who fake cry in our house, and so there's just so much crying and fakeness and things going on, and, and so honestly, we're just going to pull the battery soon, and, and you know, they'll get over it. So uh, that, that's a little update of what's going on with, with the crybabies, but uh, a few weeks ago, I was driving here to Purpose Church, and as I was driving to Purpose Church, uh, I noticed that there was this woman driving a car, a few cars ahead of me. There was nobody in the passenger seat, but hanging out of the passenger door was her scarf, and her scarf was hanging down so low that it was like dragging along the concrete, right? And I can see some of your faces, you're like, oh, I've been there before. Well, this woman, her, her, the, the scarf is dragging along the ground, and you would think, based on how everyone responded, that this woman was about to drive off a cliff. Okay, the way everybody responded was like like crisis emergency. Okay, so people drove up next to her and they're rolling down their windows and they're like, "There's a scarf!" They're honking their horns trying to get her attention. Finally, I drive up next to her and I don't roll down the window, but I'm like, "Hi!" And I was like, "I'm a pastor," like trying to like say like. But then I realized she can't understand me, so she's probably hearing, "I'm a weirdo," you know, like I don't know what. I'm like, "Your scarf, like this dragging," you know, and she's just kind of like oblivious to it and, and kind of drives off. But as I was driving, I had this kind of epiphany, this thought came to me, that when the need is really clear, right? Like, like when a need is absolutely crystal clear to every single person, people are likely to respond to that need. That when a need is absolutely evident to everybody, they are likely to respond to that need. And what I want to do in just a few minutes that we have together is I want to make crystal clear the need that we have here at Purpose Church. I, I want to talk about what it looks like to serve here at Purpose Church. I want you to walk away with crystal clarity about why serving is central to being a human and especially central to being a follower of Jesus. I want you to walk away with, with, with how Purpose Church believes, as, as Scripture reveals to us, how God actually transforms our lives when we serve. And then lastly, I, I want you to leave this place knowing what Purpose Church wants to offer each one of you in order to help you serve and ultimately do what God has called you to do. Dallas Willard, the Christian theologian and philosopher, uh, he, he said once in describing God, he said, the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is a personal being who exists as a joyous community of humility, servanthood, and mutual submission. You see how in, in the very characteristic, the description of God, the word servant, or servanthood is used. When you think about how Father, Son, and Holy Spirit throughout all of Scripture interact with each other, there's a serving of one another. But not only is serving characteristic of God, but it's actually core to every single one of our DNA. I want to show you a few scriptures in relation to that. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 27, 
It says, so God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Now, this is really, really important. Whether you know it or not, whether you're a follower of Jesus or not, this is true about you. That you were created by God, made in his image. This means that core to who you are as a person is the calling on your life to bear his image everywhere you go, to reflect him everywhere you go, to live in accordance and in obedience to him. That is literally how you were designed. Now, what does that look like then? What does it look like to love God? Check out what the next verse says in 28. So God blessed them and he said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves along the ground. In the ancient language that Genesis was written in, in, in Hebrew, there's two words that kind of pop off the page. The, the first word is the Hebrew word kabesh, which means to subdue. And, and what, what that actually means in our practical day-in-day -day language is to take leadership of. So when scripture calls us to subdue the earth, it means take leadership of, but then the Hebrew word for rule is radah, which means to take care of. And so one of the ways that you and I love God back is by taking leadership of things and taking care of that which he has created for us. Well, you see, the idea of serving isn't just a part of who God is. And it's not just a part of the very beginning of our story, but we find it the very last chapter in the story of God in Revelation chapter 22, when the picture of what heaven will be like is painted, these words are used. No longer will there be any curse. The throne of God and of the Lamb will be in the city and his servants will serve him. You see, the picture of you and me as followers of Jesus for all of eternity is that we will be serving God, but, but not a kind of serving that makes us want to run away, not a kind of serving that is so burdensome, but a kind of serving that is actually life-giving. We'll continue in heaven in verse 4. It's described that we will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads in verse 5. There will be no more night. They will not need the light of a lamp or the light of the sun. For the Lord God will give them light and they will reign forever and ever. The picture of heaven that is painted for those of us who are followers of Jesus is that for all of eternity we will be serving God and we will be reigning with him. We will be continuing to live into the kingdom of God, the reality that is at work when Jesus is king. And so if it's in God's character, if it's in your design from the beginning, if it's a part of what you will be doing for all of eternity, then it begs the question, are we serving now? Are we using this short amount of time we have here to give ourselves away, to serve and to care for others. As a church, we are pretty laser focused about what we're called to do. And maybe some of you are new to Purpose Church and you're kind of wondering, what is this place about? We want to make it crystal clear that you would walk away knowing exactly what this church is about. And so we have our vision and our mission and our values. And our vision as a church answers the question, where are we going? Where are we going? 
And our vision here at Purpose Church is four words, but it shapes and guides everything we do. The vision for Purpose Church is everyone, everywhere, following Jesus. Now, let's do this real quick. I want you to say it after me on the count of three. Everyone, everywhere, following Jesus. One, two, three. Everyone, everywhere, following Jesus. Now, that sounds ridiculous. I mean, that sounds crazy. Are you talking about, like, the everyone who, like, is, is, is your neighbor? Are you talking about the everyone who goes to soccer practices with you? Are, are you talking about that everyone who is my roommate or who's my spouse? My kid? We're talking everyone because that's the vision that Jesus has given us to go and to make disciples that every single person would follow Jesus. Well, how do we do that? Like, like, how do we get from point A to point B? That's our mission. That's where we sort of clarify how do we be about that. And our mission here at Purpose Church is to connect with God, connect with others, and connect others with God. That's what we are trying to do. In every service, in every opportunity, in every ministry, in every group, it's connecting with God, connecting with others, and then helping others connect with God. And what we discover is that as you and I live on mission, as that becomes sort of our passion and our motto as people, what what we discover is that we become certain kinds of people in the process. That, That we become people who are generous. People who reach out to others, found people, find people. We become people who are growing and changing. We we discover that we're actually better together and then Today, what we're going to zero in on is that we discover that everyone is designed to serve. That everyone is designed to serve. In 1 Peter, there's this passage where Peter's talking to uh, some of the early followers of Jesus. And as he's in conversation with them, you need to know the backdrop is that many of these Christians were being persecuted for proclaiming that Jesus rose from the dead. At the time of this writing, many of these Christians were being round up and tortured and murdered and abused and beaten for their faith. And yet when Peter begins to describe what they need to focus their attention and their time around, these are the words that he uses. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Peter says, If there's anything that's essential for you to walk away with, it's that you have been given gifts by God and you are called to serve. Chris Hodges, Pastor Chris Hodges, he has this this way of describing a connection between our design and our destiny. If you discover the way you have been made, it will point to what God wants you to do with your life. Design reveals destiny. So what we hope to do just for a few minutes is zero in on how you were designed. What kind of things God wants to do in your life, how he wants to change you, how he wants to transform you through your serving and then ultimately give you an opportunity to do that. And so in a few minutes, I wanna talk about seven ways that your life will change if you serve. Seven ways serving will absolutely change your life. Number one, if you're in your notes, you can write this down. Number one is this, your gifts will be activated. Your gifts will be activated. Some of you have just begun following Jesus. You're new to this thing or you're kind of checking this thing out and you're beginning to experience that kind of peace, that kind of joy that comes with knowing you're absolutely forgiven. And if you're new to following Jesus or if you've been following him for a long, long time, can I just remind you, you are forgiven. 
that God loves you. He died on a cross for you. He rose from the dead for you so that you could know his forgiveness and his peace. And you see, that's what Pastor Glenn talked about in week one of our series, knowing God, knowing God through reading scripture, knowing God through talking with him in prayer. But then some of you have begun to take that next step where you've stepped into community. You've, in other words, you've found freedom in a life group, that there's a group of people surrounding you who are pouring into you, who you're learning more about Jesus alongside, and you're experiencing that power of community. You're experiencing what it means to be better together. But maybe you're still left asking the question, what next? Like, like what's next? And what we want to talk about just for a few minutes is what it would look like for you to serve. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 4 to 11, Paul says, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Verse 7. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. So we learn two things here. That as soon as you begin following Jesus, the Holy Spirit enters your life. And he wants to activate those gifts that he's given you. And number one, the Holy Spirit gives you gifts. So you're given gifts by God. But number two, they don't exist for you to feel better about yourself or to feel more spiritual than the person sitting next to you, they exist for the common good. They exist to be a blessing and a benefit to those that are around you. I remember we got uh, Braden Pichai over here. Braden, when he was uh, a high schooler in our student ministries, it was like, I think his junior year when we made a big change in our high school ministry. That a few years ago, we made a decision that instead of having a high school Sunday morning program where we were going to keep all the high schoolers away from the church, we were going to open the doors and unleash this opportunity for students to actually serve in this church, to be a part of this church, to feel connected to this church, because there are some staggering statistics out there, friends, that say a lot of students, a high percentage of students who are really active in youth group, as soon as they graduate high school, they walk away from their faith. And we were not okay with this. And so we made some changes. And what was so incredible, and what I'm excited to report to you is that as of now, we have over 70 high school students serving every single Sunday here at Purpose Church. Can you let your students know how proud you are of them? In fact, in fact, you can't walk to any service or any ministry at any service time and not see students leading, seeing students being activated in their faith. I remember when Braden was in our youth group and, and he would come to our Sunday morning program and even though he had like the best teaching ever, I don't know what was wrong with him, he wasn't as engaged. Like he just, and I, I okayed it with him, but he, just, he wasn't like connecting. It just wasn't jiving for him. And then all of a sudden, he began to serve and purpose kids. And I'm telling you, he became Mr. Purpose Kids, right? I mean, he just, God used him in huge ways over there. In fact, his family would tell us that, that after teaching the kids, what he, whatever he was teaching them that Sunday morning, he would go home and over lunch or dinner, he would then reteach the entire family what it is that God had taught him. You see, what we saw in Braden is what we've seen in many of you, the hundreds of you who serve and what we desire and hope for those of you that are not serving yet is that you would be activated. Friends, if your relationship with Jesus is boring, let's mix it up. 
You were, you were never meant to have a faith that's dormant and that lacks purpose. But God desires that your faith would be activated. Maybe for some of you that's leading a life group here. We have hundreds of people who are looking to connect in community. And you know what we need? We need facilitators. We need people who are willing to step in the gap and lead a group. Maybe for you it's celebrate recovery. Maybe for you it's purpose kids ministry. Maybe for you it's student ministries. Did you know that sociologists, when they describe Generation Z, which is the generation that most of our students sit in, do they, do you know that they, when they use descriptive words to describe them, they say they are the loneliest generation. There was so much technology, with so much social media, there's still a, an emptiness and a loneliness that only community in Christ can fill. Would you be willing to step in the gap and invest in those students? And again, not so that you'll feel better about yourself, but so that you could make an impact, so that you could have your gifts activated. I've been trying to like slowly catch up to this phenomenon that like people have been into for a long time. It's the Marvel movies. Like I just started to watch, I know it's so weird. I just started watching the Marvel movies as if they're brand new. They've been around forever. But I was watching Doctor Strange and there's this part in the movie towards the end where Doctor Strange is sort of coming out of narcissism, right? He's kind of coming out of this self-centered life. And he has this conversation with the ancient one who is kind of helping guide him in this process. And the ancient one says, arrogance and fear still keep you from learning the simplest and most significant lesson of all and strange says which is and she responds it's not about you you see when your gifts are activated all of a sudden you are going to see God use your life in ways that you couldn't have done on your own number two your pain will be redeemed. The, the second way that serving will change your life is that your pain will be redeemed. In 2 Corinthians 1, verses 3 to 4, Paul says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. I don't need to tell you this because you know it. Pain and comfort go hand in hand. You can't truly experience comfort unless you've experienced pain. And there's some of you here who the kind of pain you've experienced would be traumatic for anyone else to even hear about. The kind of grief you've suffered is deep. Some of you have lost a loved one. Some of you have experienced divorce. Some, some of you have just received a, a cancer diagnosis. Some of you are living in a situation where there's just constant fear all around you. And you would say, honestly, I, I'm just, I'm living in pain right now. You know, one of, the, one of the most incredible things about serving is that God would desire to actually use your pain, to use your struggles, to use the thing that you've gone through to, to provide encouragement to somebody. Can I, can I just like download a little bit of hope in you? And the hope is this, that your mess could become God's message. Did y'all hear that? You need to wake up. Here we go. Your mess could become God's message. I mean, how incredible could that be? If God would use the parts of your story that you look back on and just go, man, that was horrible. How redeeming could it be 
for God to say, yeah, I'll use that. Yeah, I'll use that past. Some of you are coming out of addiction, and you know what we need? We need leaders over at Celebrate Recovery who are going to walk with people coming out of addiction. What pain have you experienced, and how could you use that to serve others? Because this is what we know is true. God loves to care for people through his people. God wants to comfort his people through his people. Number three, your growth will be exponential. That if you choose to serve, one of the ways God is going to change your life is your growth will be exponential. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 16, from him, Paul writes, from Jesus, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. You see, when we commit to doing life together, when we're serving together, what is going to happen is we are going to grow, but here's the key. You can't grow alone. In other words, there's no such thing as an only child in the family of God, that if you are a part of the family of God, if you're a follower of Jesus, then he wants you to grow, and one of the ways he's going to grow you is as you join a team and as you become service-minded and service-focused. You see, we're better together when we join together, when we pursue unity together, and when we serve together, right? I mean, it's like, let's say over here we had LeBron James, right? We got any uh, Lakers fans, any Lakers fans? Okay, so let's say we got LeBron James right over here, right? Just amazing, amazing basketball player. We got LeBron James. And over here, over here, we have, anybody a Golden State Warriors fan? Anybody? We're praying for you and you. Okay, so um, <laughs> we got the Golden State Warriors over here. You pick five of the worst Golden State Warriors players and you put them against LeBron James by himself, the Golden State Warriors will win every single time. Why? Because they're in community. Why? Because they're working together. And what I love is I've seen people, I've seen people grow as they have committed to serving. I think of uh, uh, Peter Hidalgo. So I just caught you real quick. I got Peter Hidalgo over here and Mike Abasta. These were two guys in our church who their wives contacted me and they basically said, you know, our, our husbands, they're like, they're bored. They're kind of at home a little too much. Like we want to get them out. So can you like, can you figure out something for them to do? Right? And I was like, all right, cool. I'll meet with them. Peter has told me later, we've been serving now for uh, six years together. And he told me, he said, you know, we only took a meeting with you because we felt like it'd be rude to like reject a pastor, right? So, which was nice of you. Thanks, Peter. And we began, we, we met and we talked about what it would look like for him and Mike to serve in our high school ministry. And these two guys have had a profound impact and they've grown in their faith. I mean, as I've talked with Peter and Mike, the ways that their relationship with God has grown has been connected to them choosing to serve. And maybe some of you are going, I just couldn't serve because I don't know enough about the Bible. There's so many things I don't fully understand. Can I remind you of something that's true? That God can do far more through a willing person than he can a talented person. And in fact, being uber talented might actually get in the way of you being used by God because it becomes about yourself. But what I've seen over and over and over again is that if you are willing to take that next step forward, to step into that ministry, to begin serving, God will 
use you. Number four, your purpose will be clarified. Number four, your purpose will be clarified. In Ephesians chapter four, verse one, Paul says, as a prisoner for the Lord then, I urge you to live, in other translations it says lead, I urge you to live or lead a life worthy of the calling you have received. Paul says, I want you to center your life around the calling that God has for you. Did did you know that Paul isn't saying, let your feelings dictate how you spend your time? Don't let your money shape and guide what you do, but instead allow the calling that God has put on your life to be that which leads you. Now, now some of you, I understand, you got so much going on right now, and things feel so busy, and I totally get that. But could I just ask you to think about this one question? Just, just this one question, think about it, see what it does. Is your to-do list or your calling shaping your schedule? We just sit on that for a second. Is your to-do list or is the calling that God has on your life shaping your schedule? I get we're busy. I, I completely understand that. But maybe, maybe there's some things that can move or some things that you could say no to in order to step into the calling that God has for you. Because as I've worked with lots of different teams, what I've discovered is that when you are serving, you find yourself in the center of God's will for your life. Number five, your heart will be transformed. Your heart will be transformed. Philippians 2 Verse three, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. Can we just pause there for a second? Just like pause. Husbands, like what would this look like if we owned this? What would it look like if when we woke up in the morning, we said, man, my job today is to not look to my own interests, but to look to the interests of others. What if our kids woke up and thought that, right? I mean, we would die and go to heaven, right? I mean, imagine if your kids woke up, right? Like Charlie, he was sitting in here during one of the services. Imagine if Charlie woke up tomorrow and he's like, my sole job today is to look for the interests of my father, right? (laughs) Can you imagine? Can you imagine if your roommate if your parents, if those that are closest to you held on to that, but you can't really change them, you can't force them to do that, what if you did? Like, what, what, if, what if you just woke up and said, man, today is not about me. Today, I'm not looking at my own interests, but I'm looking at the interests of others. He continues, verse five. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Friends, I've I've learned no better way to shed hate and prejudice than to serve. I know no better way to understand a group of people that right now you just go, I don't understand them than by serving them. You're having tension in your marriage right now? Like, man, you you guys aren't even talking at this point? Serve him. Serve her. You're having issues at work? 
Choose the posture of Jesus. Have that same mindset of Christ. You see, we learn how to serve from Christ. We learn how to value others from Christ. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, he said it this way, spiritual love does not desire, but rather serves. It loves an enemy as a brother. It originates neither in the brother nor in the enemy, but in Christ and his word. You see, some of you right now, you've got some hatred for some of the people that are closest to you. The only way your heart is going to be transformed is if you allow God to lead you to actually serving them and to seeking their interests over your own. Number six, number six, the way that Jesus will change your life if you choose to serve. Number six, your community will be established. Romans chapter 12, verse four, for just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. Verse six. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. And if it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. You see, there's this reality that when you begin to serve together, like the body, like Paul was talking about there, and you begin to function as a body serving others, that a community will be established around you that is kind of almost a a preventative community, a community that will help you when you're at your lowest lows, A, a community that can love you and continue to point you closer to Jesus. Pastor Glenn in his sermon on last Sunday was a phenomenal sermon. If you, if you missed it, make sure you go online and, and check it out. But he just said this one line. He said, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Show me the people that you are serving alongside that community and I'll show you who you're going to become. There was a uh, a young woman um, in our church who uh, was serving in a part of this ministry for a really long time and really invested in that community and invested in the ministry that was going on there. And during her time of serving, all of a sudden began to experience some mental health challenges and began to kind of go into crisis mode. It, it was so challenging for her that she found herself in a hospital. And she had these moments in this hospital where she was praying, going, God, do you love me? God, do you care about me? Are you with me? And when she was telling me about her experience in the hospital, that through incredible doctors and medicine and therapy and by the power of the Holy Spirit, she said that there were multiple moments where she would, she'd pray that prayer and say, God, do you really love me and care about me? And all of a sudden, the operator would yell her name and would say, you have a phone call, you have a phone call. She'd go running to the phone. And it was somebody on the team that she serves with who said, I just want you to know we're praying for you. I just want you to know we love you. We're here for you. She'd go back to her room and there'd be these moments where she again would question and doubt, man, God, do you love me and care about me? The operator would say, you have a phone call, you have a phone call. She'd run back and it would be another person from her team encouraging her, speaking life into her. 
See, I believe that God wants you to serve, but he doesn't want you to serve in isolation. He wants you to serve in community. And then number seven, lastly, God will transform your life through serving in that your impact will be eternal. That when you choose to serve, your impact will be eternal. In Mark chapter 10, there's this interaction between some of the disciples and Jesus. Then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to Jesus. Teacher, they said, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. That's bold. Like, I mean, that's a big prayer right there. You know what I mean? I mean, he didn't smite them, but he could have. I mean, that's a big, that's a big thing to throw out there. And yet Jesus accommodates them and, and he says this. He says, what do you want me to do for you? He asked. Well, what ended up happening is they asked Jesus to sit at both sides of him. And and Jesus essentially says, well, one, that's not really for me to give out. And and honestly, I don't think you really understand fully what you're talking about. I mean, they basically asked to be elevated above everybody else. And then all of a sudden, they come back to the rest of the disciples. In verse 41, it says, when the 10 heard about this, they became indignant with James and John. They're like, what gives, man? Like, are you serious? Why, why, Why would you say that? And then look at what Jesus does through it. Jesus called them together and said, you know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles, they lord it over them and their high officials exercise authority over them, but not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you, whoever wants to have an eternal impact must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. And then here is the punctuation point. For even the Son of Man, even Jesus did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. In other words, Jesus says, the mechanism by which we will transform hearts, that we will change the world and have an eternal impact is through serving. And then Jesus says, I am going to model it for you. I am going to go all the way to death, having never sinned. He takes on the sin of the world all the way to the cross. And by the power of his resurrection, proves to us that serving truly will always make an eternal impact. You see, friends, you're not leading something unless you're serving someone. You're not leading something unless you're serving someone. And you can't have an eternal impact Unless you're serving, unless you're giving your life away. Chris Hodges says it this way, the purpose of life is to discover your gift. The meaning of life is to give your gift away. And when you give your gift away, your impact will be eternal. This last summer, I had the opportunity to preach at the summer camp where I surrendered my life to Christ. It was 18 summers ago. I remember where I was sitting. And during my talk, I walked out to the spot where I actually remember sitting when Jesus changed my heart forever. And I began to say, I'm so thankful for all the people that helped put that camp on because God used it to eternally change my life. One of the youth pastors came up to me towards the very end and said, what summer was it? And we were kind of trying to figure that out. And he said, you know, this is, this is crazy, but I was actually the bass player of the worship band that summer that you gave your life to Christ. And I said, man, thank you for slapping the bass. You know what I mean? Like, thank you for playing the bass that week because that week God changed me forever. 
Friends, just, just imagine for a second. If you were to step into the lives of a kid or a student, if you were to invest in young adults, if you were to lead a life group, if you were to welcome people in our guest services ministry, if you were to partner with Celebrate Recovery and help people come out of addictions, if you were to be a part of the worship and tech and ministry as thousands of people are reached every single weekend, I mean, wouldn't it be incredible to know that your impact was not just here in this moment, but that it was eternal? What would you be willing to give to experience that? And so I want to ask you, what's holding you back? Maybe the thing that's holding you back from stepping into one of our ministries and serving is you just don't know which ministry you'd be best for. Well, I am so excited to debut and to announce a brand new ministry that is starting here at Purpose Church. The ministry is the Design to Serve Coaching Ministry. Don Abasta uh, and Juliet Hidalgo and many others are joining this ministry to become coaches to help you take that next step in serving. This coaching ministry is phenomenal. You can walk outside and you can interact with some of the coaches out there. You can fill out a really short interest form and all they want to do is they want to come alongside you and help you figure out what would be that best place for you to serve in. It's not multiple meetings. In fact, they just want to meet with you once. Maybe it's over the phone. Maybe it's a FaceTime. Maybe it's a coffee meeting. And the reason we're doing this is because we want to help you as quickly as possible get plugged into serving so that you will experience that eternal impact that God has designed you for. If you don't have time, you can visit our website, purposechurch.com slash serve, fill out a form, schedule a time to meet up with a coach. But I want to just encourage you, if you're not serving right now, would you just take one little step forward, meet with one of our coaches out there, and begin that conversation? I'll, I'll end with a, with a story. There's this young man in our ministry, he's, he's a high school student, his name's Solomon. And Solomon was really excited to uh, start serving, and he was trying to figure out where to serve. And so he met with some kind of coach-like people who helped him figure out Purpose Kids would be the best place for him to serve. Well, it was Saturday morning, the, the Saturday before, uh, the, before he started serving that Sunday, and he was beginning to prepare his lesson and trying to figure out what it is that he was going to teach these little kiddos. His mom rushes in the room and says, hey, we've got tickets to Raging Waters. Let's go. Get your trunks on. Let's go. We're going to Raging Waters. And he said, mom, I can't go to Raging Waters. And she said, come on, come on, let's go. And he said, I can't go to Raging Waters. Because tomorrow, I'm going to be telling a bunch of these little kids about Jesus. I want to make sure I know what I'm talking about. You see, here's a teenager who awakened to this dynamic of living in God's kingdom and being used by him, serving in his church. He, he woke up to this reality that God could use him in a way bigger than he could ever use himself. And it didn't matter what else he could be participating in. There was nothing more important than this moment. See, friends, do you have something like that in your life? Do you have an area where you serve, where you go, you know what, I, I, I have to say no to this, but it's worth it because of what I get 
to do because of the impact I get to have. And so I would just encourage you, I would just challenge you and invite you to go talk with our coaches out there, to go visit our website, and to take that step to join the hundreds here who serve because the need is clear. And the question is, will we step up and join God? Everyone is designed to serve. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this phenomenal church, this incredible group of people who love you, God, who are getting to know you, who are finding freedom in community and who today might be discovering their purpose that every single one of them is designed to serve. And God, I pray you would make it crystal clear to each one of us what it is that you have for us, where you're calling us, and then would we have the boldness to step in, knowing that it will change our lives and change the lives of those we serve. In Jesus' name we pray, and all God's people said, amen.